so now 40 years since you made your Everton debut, uh, but it doesn't seem like 40 years, or does it? Um, some days it does, it seems like <laughs> 100 years, and some days it seems, seems like yesterday. Depends what kind of day you're having, I suppose, doesn't it? So, yeah, yeah, they've got good memories. Yeah, Jim, Jim Arnold had been in goal. Uh, did, did he pick up an injury? Can you remember? Yeah, they had an injury, and to be fair, when I got to the ground, I wasn't expecting to play. I don't think Howard told me till two o'clock because you all think you can get dead nervous and sort of and all that stuff. So, so in honesty, I'd have rather on the night before. Do you know what I mean? Cause you know, well, because you know where you're going, then, don't you? Do you know what I mean? But I suppose the other on the other side of it, there was no going back, was there? Yeah. No, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. No. So I, I suppose it's when you sat there, you go, okay, first game. This is where you find out whether you can do it or not. Mm. So it's sort of scary, sort of exciting, um, but it's just something you have to go to, isn't it? Okay. I don't know. Hopefully, you can have a good day. Worst case scenario, you have a bad day, but you just look on the positive side. And not just against any team, but against the Ipswich Town team, who at the time were top of the table. So it must have been a little bit daunting for you. To be fair, I didn't even know we were playing half the time. <laughs> <laughs> For me, for me, it wasn't about Ipswich. It was about what I could do. I never thought about Ipswich as a top-of-table team or whatever. It was just about you playing, right? Got to get ready for the game. It could have been anybody we were playing. It wouldn't have mattered, really. So it was all about what I did and how I how I conducted myself, really. And, and to prove to myself that I could actually play in the game. And, you know, it's like your first day at school. and you? You, you go through it, you come out the other end, you're a bit happier. Um because you've been through that experience and you know the, all the other lads were all good and Colin and that was good so it was just like enjoy it go and play so yeah and Jim was good so yeah it was there's a there's a comes a point in your life where you either go through the door or you shut the door and you never know mm. so I think it's always best to go through the door so you find out about yourself Do you remember much about the game? I know we won 2-1 and I think yeah. Eric Gates scored um, I can't remember who scored for us but yeah it, it was okay as a game um when I got home, I know I was absolutely mentally drained when I got home. Mm. I know that. It took me probably a good two days to get over it. You know, half it's elation and then half it's relief. You know, you've done okay, you haven't made your mistakes. <clears throat> but it's, it's obviously a, a bit quicker and a, a little bit more intense than what you're normally used to. So, yeah, it was it was draining to say the least. But, but in a nice way. Mick Ferguson and Gary Stevens scored our goal, so <laughs> no, not surprised you couldn't remember. Well, that does surprise me because I didn't see Mick score many, and I suppose <laughs> Gary did a few, didn't he? <laughs> did you did did Howard say to you that you're playing against Ipswich, but regardless of how you do, Jim's going to be back in for the next game? No, I think he would have just fried my brain. Really, to be fair, <laughs> I, I think you just got to take you know you, you go and you play. And Jim was playing well, so I didn't, you know, I never thought about that, but I don't think Howard had that. Howard was just trying to get me through the game, I think. So I, I didn't mess up. Do you know what I mean? And if, if, I, if he got away with it, then it means he could put me in again. If, if, he didn't, if I didn't get away with it, then, it's, you know, he's got a problem. So I think for him, it was, must have been just, a, just the same for him because he's, he's put his trust in me. And if I let him down, then it looks like... He can't rely on me on the future, so therefore he's got a problem if Jim ever gets injured again. So it was, it was a big thing for him as well. But he was—he's always like he always was. Go and play the game, enjoy it, man, and do what you're supposed to do. 
there was no no worrying about whether Jim was fit next week and I wasn't going to play. So that's uh, that was too much to think about. In all fairness, Jim was good to you, wasn't he, Jim Arnold? Jim was brilliant because obviously we had the same backgrounds. Yeah, uh, we come out of non-league with Stafford Rangers. I'd, I'd been around non-league. He was older than me. Um, and he taught, taught, taught me lots of different things to be fair but just having that sounding board of somebody come from the same background as you was, was great for me do you know what I mean and no, even when I become a regular and he, and he wasn't he was still the same still a good sounding board still good with his experience you know and I watched the way he behaved and I watched the way he trained to be fair he, weren't, he, he was okay as a trainer but I think the one thing he did do was he taught me how to play when I was injured because I watched him when he was playing incredibly well you know, on the verge of England squad and he had a bad groin strain and he was hardly training getting off the treatment table on a Friday and then sort of playing well on a Saturday and there's two things to that one it taught me an awful lot and then I thought how bad was I had been I couldn't actually get him out of the team he was <laughs> tough <laughs> so no I, I thought so he taught me he taught me a fair bit and I suppose that, that is the thing you know you look at him and thinking well you know, how does he do that mentally? Because that's, that's a big thing mentally. How does he do it physically? Mm. And it's because really he just settled for what it was. He just goes, here's a situation. Accept it, get on with it, and do what you can. You know, it wouldn't have happened now, I don't think, because they would have had about, we signed six goalies, wouldn't they? So, you know, mm. it, but back then, it, you know, there was two of us really. Oji was coming back from his injury. So, yeah, it was, uh, he, he gave me some good lessons, Jim. Do you recall? Being nervous at all now, as you walk down the tunnel for the first time, you got Zed cars ringing, good as <clears> against a good team. Any nerves? It would have been, wouldn't it? Probably. If I'm honest, as I'm walking down the tunnel, I never think about the opposition. The only time I've ever thought about the opposition is if I knew somebody. Do you know what I mean? I was going to have a chat to him or whatever, or you know, say good luck, and that, and that was about it. And then otherwise, it was just like focus on what you do. Don't worry about anything else. Doesn't matter how good other teams are or who they are. I can only do what I can do. Mm. So you, you do get slightly nervous, but excitable. But like I say, for, for that game, it's I suppose it's like any anybody when you go and perform on, on any sort of stage. You either can go on there and see yeah. if you can do it, or you, or you back off and you, you never find out. And, uh, you know, I suppose the good thing is because I've been playing non-league and that, you know, and I played Sunday league with some of the lads and it was always... Well, he could have been a footballer. He could have done that. He could have done that. Yeah, well, why didn't you? Because, well, did you go through the door? And a lot of them wouldn't go through the door. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't take the chance. They wouldn't put themselves out. So I think if you can put yourself out and go through the door and find out, then you'll always know. It's easy to sit in a pub and say, I could have been this, I could have been that. But, you know, I could have been an astronaut, but I'm not, am I? So <laughs> just focus, you know, have a go and see what you can do. And then I think, I think that's the most important thing is you... You try so you know. And if you're not good enough, you find out. If you're good enough, then you survive. I suppose your upbringing in football, you played Sunday League in Wales, you played non-league football, you played for Berry. So when you did run out against Ipswich Town, certainly you weren't going to suffer the physicality side of the game. You were ready for that, weren't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to be fair. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I watched the big match now on ITV4. Yeah. And I watched some of the tackles and they're thinking, well... If I am in the street, do you know what I mean? In the back of a police van. <laughs> but I think that was the best time to play because the physicality was probably at its height mm. and everybody was a different kind of fit than they are now because they just got through it. Even when the pitches were horrendous and I think the skill level was as good as anything it was going to get. 
So I think I played in a time where I think it was at its peak, you know, physically as well as mentally, as well as, well as the pitches and everything. <clears throat> so for me, it was, it was probably the best time. I never tend to worry about who we played because I can't control them, can I? So if you go on, you go, right, we're playing Liverpool this week. Okay, they play a certain way, so you just got to be aware of that, and aware of their players. So I do try and do all my thinking up till Thursday. And on Friday, try and forget about who we're playing and just have a bit over five aside and go in. Mm. If it was Wimbledon, then you, you know what was coming. And then that way you'd, you'd set your soul up for that. But again, you know, do you want to be thinking about big games the day before? Not really. What's the point? You know, the game's coming. It's just football's about wasting time. And it's how you waste that time positively, I think. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it sounds daft, but, you know, you're either on the bus, sitting in a hotel room, you're on a plane, you know, you, you could be at a number of places and you're just killing time for the kickoff. And once you get the kickoff, then it's, you know, everything's okay. But it's just the, the thing that kills people is, is, uh, well, is the, the lead before the game. It's how you waste that time positively. Mm. And if you can do that in a positive way, you know, for me, it was like, I try and just switch off. If it was an after, a night kickoff, I would go to bed in the afternoon. And, and as long as I slept 20 minutes, I was happy. Because 20 minutes was enough for me. So, yeah, it's about how you waste your time, really. Yeah, that, that mental strength that, that, that you had, you still got, obviously got you through an unbelievable career. But after that Ipswich game, if somebody had tapped you on the shoulder and said, hope you enjoyed that, Nev, and by the way, there's another 750 to come, you wouldn't have believed them, would you? Oh, but I would have gone, oh, is that it? <laughs> See, I would like to have got to a 1,000, but, but then when I look back, nobody counts reserve games, do they? And nobody no, counts all, all uh, non-league games I played. Mm. So I reckon I must have played close on 3,000 games. <laughs> no, seriously, when you think about, you know, yeah. when all the, I played, at one time I was playing four games a weekend, four, four 11 side games. Then uh, obviously when I was non-league, they didn't know but I was still playing Sunday league. So I was always playing two games a weekend. <laughs> so it was only when I got to Berry really that I only did one a week or two a week. It's only that I was supposed to, so... I think if you look at all the number of games that you actually played through from your, when you were small, organised proper games to when you finish, yeah, you've got to be looking at 3,000 games. And But that's your learning ground, isn't it? You know, when I went to Berry, I had visions of it being incredibly hard pre-season. Pre-season was a doddle because I'd trained on my own. And because you think it's going to be hard, you you train harder than what you, know, what, what you, what you think you're going to do. And when you get there, pre-season was easy. You know, and then I, when I one of my first sessions, he said, right, everybody, everybody out of sight. And that's so why I spent a couple of my sessions hiding behind a tree. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, you know, this, this is professional footballers. And I'm thinking, I wonder if they do this at Man United and Everton and Liverpool and all that. They want to hide behind a bush in the first few sessions. But that's what I'm saying. I think it's changed dramatically in, in that space of time. And it's changed because, well, money's changed it. Was it definitely a tree and not the telegraph pole in the middle of the pitch? <laughs> I wish it was in the middle of the pitch, to be fair, but yeah, that, that wasn't the, the actual post wasn't so bad because you get a rebound of that. It's the wires <laughs> above it that's the problem. It's when you're kicking the ball out, isn't it? So, yeah, it does become a bit of a nuisance. But in all fairness, I'm glad I went the route I went because I thought it was far more interesting, mm. far, far better. And, and that, that's what it's like. You did have a you did have an incredible career. Just to finish off, 
we'll move on from your debut quickly. When did you when did you have an inkling yourself that something was stirring, that something was going to happen? Because the only player that played on your debut that played in the European Cup in his cup final, for example, was Gary Steen. So we were still a long way off from being the finished article. When did you personally start to think, do you know what, we, Howard's got a team here? I suppose when we got booed off against Coventry. Really? Because, you know, there was nowhere else to go from there, was there really? No, probably you know, not. It was either that or you go down or you go up. And we had a good, real good bunch of young kids, to be fair. And like Sabidi and Andy made a difference because they come through and, you know, it was all their experience and Reedy changed the way people thought because he went and pressed the ball rather than drop off. So I think Reedy made it. Reedy, to me, changed Everton's history. If you can look at one catalyst for the whole success, it, I think it was that one movement of him which sums the club up. Is He did the one thing that nobody else was doing at the time. He was being positive as a player going forward and then he started dragging people with him. So he became a leader that way. And I think, you know, when you look around now, you look at somebody like Peter Reid and there's, there's nobody. So you look at leaders, we had Howard off the pitch, who took, was taking the pressure off the players and we had somebody actually came on the pitch and went, right. And what was great is because he's a scouser. Mm. So he knew what the fans wanted, he knew what the club was about. And he played like a scouser. And all the scouts I played in non-league were exactly like Reedy. Mm. Little fiery buggers who, who would like to scrap but could play. And, and I think, and, but they're always positive. They would never get defeated. So for me, that was that was a catalyst for everything. Brilliant. Well, Peter Reid was an Everton legend. So are you, mate. Uh, 40 years, gone over in the blink of an eye. But thanks for your time today, Ned. Lovely to speak to you as always. Cheers, Lars. Thanks, mate.